You're listening to the Boss Yourself First podcast, Season 3, Episode 7. If you want to be an effective leader, the first person you want to lead effectively is yourself. Self-leadership helps you create better relationships and a more fulfilling life, and in turn, lead others in a more authentic and impactful way. If this piques your interest, then stick around. I'm Robin White, your host, and this is Boss Yourself First. Hello, friends. How are you doing? I don't know about you, but where we are in Golden, Colorado, we're having a blustery fall day. It's sunny, but it's breezy and a little bit chilly. So it's the perfect time to record our podcast. I'm glad to be inside, and it's really fun to see the leaves swirling about. Well, today we are talking about stewarding our resources. And yes, this is a bit of a continuation from our last episode, So, but we're going to take a different tact. So stewarding our resources well, and specifically our self-care. And I'm, I'm not talking about taking more hot baths or long walks, although I'm a proponent of both of those activities. But this episode, it's part of our series where we're taking a look at the Boss Yourself First program, where BOSS is an acronym that stands for Principles of Self-Leadership. And those principles are Believe Intentionally, that's the B, Observe Continually, that's the O, Steward resourcefully, that's one of the S's, and then serve creatively, that's our final S. So we're on the first S, stewarding resourcefully. As a self-leader, stewarding resourcefully means that you're aware of what you have and you skillfully apply those resources to make decisions that solve problems and achieve your goals and also make the world a better place. All right, well, we've discussed stewarding resourcefully on our last episode. Like I mentioned, that would be season three, episode six. If you missed it, you might want to check it out. We used a tool called SWOT analysis to take inventory of our resources, specifically our strengths, uh, and to know our weaknesses. Today, we're going to talk about the care and keeping of resources so that when the time comes to distribute our resources, we have something left to give. Remember, the whole series is still a pretty high view of the BYF program. I'm trying to select learning and tools that I believe you can find helpful working on your own with the support of listening to the podcast and maybe a friend who's also listening to the podcast, but but things that you can sort of, um, one of my students said the other day, what did she say? Plug and chug, that you can you can really take up and and leverage on your own. We've taken inventory, we know what we're working with, and now we want to preserve and build our resources to make the best use of them. And today, we're not so much focused on those strengths and weaknesses that we talked about last week. We're focused on our physical resources, mainly our bodies. So let's talk about how you're stewarding your body with all of its components to support the impact you want to make in the world, whether that's going to be through work or relationships, philanthropy, volunteerism. You can't give what you don't have. Like when the tank is empty, the trip you want to take has to be postponed or or maybe even canceled. And then you don't get to create that impact. All right, this is especially important in this pandemic season when our stress levels have hit sustained highs. And I I was already planning for us to 
to talk about self-care as part of stewarding resourcefully, but um, and I'll kind of tell you how this unfolded, but I have a particular aspect that I want to talk about because it felt really urgent (laughs) after I heard this. So yeah, so our sustained levels, our stress levels are high, and that means the hormones, the stress hormone, cortisol... It's, it's not only skyrocketed, it's just stayed at those high levels. And that's not what it's supposed to do. Cortisol is supposed to like flood our bodies with energy and alertness and then recede when the triggering incident has passed. You know, fight, flight, or freeze. That's what it gets our body ready to do. Only we've stayed in this level. So think about that. For the past 20 months, it has not passed. And this takes a toll on us in every way. Mentally, physically, emotionally, we are in a constant state of alert and readiness to take on whatever threat is coming. And being on high alert all the time is exhausting. You know, I was listening. Okay, so I was told you I would tell you about how this idea uh, came into and tied into the self-care thing. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which is called Disrupt Yourself by Whitney Johnson. I love that podcast. She's an amazing interviewer. Uh, and just a really smart lady. Her guest was speaking about burnout and how the conditions of the pandemic have accelerated this already pervasive epidemic of burnout. The guest's name is Jennifer Moss, and she's a journalist and international speaker, and I love this, a happiness expert. We all need more of those, more happiness experts. Anyway, all right, so she has a new book, and I've ordered it. It's on the way, even as we speak. I can't wait to read it. But Jennifer was talking, and she has done a lot of research. And she's reporting that based on this study she did in 2020, people are claiming to be just consumed by the pandemic. And you think about that. You think about our news cycle. We've talked about that before, how hard it is to step away from this constant feed of news about the pandemic, about covid So 89% of her respondents said that their well-being has been worse during the pandemic. Only one in five said that their well-being was good. And a mere 2% said it was excellent. And I, I have to mea culpa here. I think Jennifer might cringe a little that I'm including her research in an episode about self-care because she has said that emphasizing individual self-care not only unfairly blames the victim, but it ignores the systemic and institutional factors that lead to burnout. And I agree with that statement, but I'd like to make one small insertion. I would say only emphasizing self-care can unfairly blame the victim of burnout. Because as self-leaders, we do need to exercise self-care to steward our resources. But also, as self-leaders, we need to educate ourselves around burnout taking care to recognize, well, yes, our parts, but also the roles of our organizations and our culture. And then we need to work to create changes and make choices that support wellness. And we're definitely going to be looking more at burnout here on the podcast. I'm thinking season four. That'll give me time to read Jennifer's book and explore its concepts. I learned for you and with you. (laughs) And I try to pass things on to my listeners that are valuable and bear further examination. I think Jennifer's book will be a part of that. And if you like to read ahead, go ahead. The book is called The Burnout Epidemic by Jennifer Moss. We're on this learning journey together, and I, I like to share what I'm learning with you. 
So that's what I'm about to read. What I'm currently reading is a book called The Fearless Organization by Amy C. Edmondson. And this is about creating psychological safety in organizations. Great book as well. All right, back to our topic of self-care. And I wasn't totally chasing a rabbit because reading is part of my self-care routine. It supports my mental growth as well as aligning with my high value of learning. All right. I look at self-care in four areas, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Today, we're focusing on physical self-care. And I self-check to make sure that I'm stewarding these resources well. I have to admit that in certain seasons, I am more consistent in some areas than others. And that's okay. As long as I'm choosing and planning instead of drifting along into habits that do not support stewarding these resources well. So we're looking at doing this work of stewarding. Remember, and we've talked about this before, we're looking at doing this work with self-compassion, with strategy, and with self-discipline. And this is going to be a high view, but my goal is to expand your awareness around your self-care as well as leave you with a few ideas that could support you in your efforts. All right, let's start with what I call the foundations of self-care. Remember I said we're going to talk about the physical aspects. So we're going to talk about sleeping, eating, and exercise. I heard a collective groan on especially that last one. (laughs) All right, so many, many great books have been penned about these topics, and I'll list a few of those in the uh, resources for this section at bossyourselffirst.com so that you can take a deeper dive. Today, though, let's just touch on each of these areas to get the wheels turning. All right, let's tackle sleeping. We want to notice the quality, the quantity, and the results of sleeping. That's how we're going to measure. I'm going to give you a few check-in questions. Like I said, I check in with myself, and that's what I'm encouraging you to do. Check-in questions for each of the self-care areas we're discussing. And here's how I'd like you to use them. I'd like you to put a scale measurement with each question. Meaning, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being amazing, quantify where you are. And I ask my clients to do this. It helps us get a read on where they are and where they want to be. And then we can see the gap and we can take steps to to close that gap. I'm going to explain more as we go along. But remember, we're going for awareness. Quantifying our answers will help us have context for that awareness around improvements and disruptions. So the check-in questions. The check-in questions for sleeping. How well am I sleeping? How much am I sleeping? Am I feeling rested and energized during my waking hours? And I'll unpack those a little bit more. How well am I sleeping? This is about the quality of sleep. When you go to bed, are you quickly falling asleep? Are you staying asleep until your alarm goes off? Or if you have to get up in the night, do you return to sleep easily? Okay, let's get some numbers. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being you're not sleeping well at all, and 10 being I sleep well every night, where are you right now? This is looking at the quality of your sleep. On a scale of 1 to 10, where are you? Okay, let's move on to quantity. This is am I sleeping enough? The National Sleep Foundation recommends between seven and nine hours of sleep for adults every night. And it's not just about getting seven to nine hours once in a while, but consistently. We're getting less than that as a rarity, special occasion, special disruption, something like that. But but in general, you're getting somewhere in this in the realm of seven to nine hours of sleep. Okay, 
It's scale time again. On a scale of 1 to 10, how is your consistent quantity of sleep? Where are you on that 7 to 9 hours? One being, I'm not getting any sleep. (laughs) I hope you're not there. And 10 being, I'm in that range, 7 to 9 hours every night. Okay, let's move on to the results. This is, do you wake up quickly, being fully alert, in a short amount of time? Do you have enough energy for your day? And as we talked about earlier, running out of energy is not only about how much energy you start with, meaning how much energy you're getting from sleeping well, but it's also about different elements in your day that drain your energy. So stewarding sleep is not the only thing to be considered when you're running out of energy or feeling sapped by 10 a.m., but it's a good place to check. All right, put your answers on the scale. One to 10, how are the results of your rest? If your answer is not what you want it to be, we're going to think about how to incrementally improve your numbers. So for example, if you gave yourself a three on quality of sleep, what could you do to bump that number to a four? We don't have to go from three to 10. In fact, we're less likely to stick with the improvements if that is our goal. Too much, too fast. Incremental change. All right, here are a few ideas for bumping up your numbers on your sleep scale. Go to bed and rise at a consistent time. I bet you've heard that one. (laughs) I bet you've heard it before. But there are a few steps you can take to implement this that will set you up for success. All right, so set your alarm. Yeah, that makes sense. Set your alarm for the same time every day. But let's back that up to a consistent bedtime. Most of us cannot sleep on command regularly. I mean, a few of us are skilled at that. I am not one of them. And most of my clients are not either. So to be successful at getting up at the same time in the morning, we need to be consistent with when we go to bed. And that means setting an evening alarm. I know, still sounding simple. You're kind of going, duh, right now. But hang with me. That alarm is not telling you to go to sleep. That alarm is telling you to begin your bedtime routine. Having a bedtime routine is what cues your body and your mind that it's time to power down. You probably already have some kind of bedtime routine, like brushing your teeth, washing your face, putting on pajamas. Those are great cues that you can leverage by performing these tasks at a consistent time, and thus, the alarm. Here are a couple of things that should not be in your bedtime routine. Checking your phone. I know, it's a tough one. Watching television and exercising. So remember, I'm not saying don't ever do these. (laughs) Believe me, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is once your alarm hits and you start your bedtime routine, those things should not be in it. Those need to happen before your alarm goes off. Because those activities, they stimulate your brain and your body at a time when you want to cue them to power down. Make sure your routine serves you and that you're consistent with it. There's so much more we could talk about with sleep. And like I said, I'll put a couple of resources for you in the show notes. Let's move on to eating. We eat for a lot of reasons. And most of us get to choose what we eat and when we eat it. So we eat for energy. We eat to celebrate. We eat to satisfy. We eat to remember. So the check-in questions for eating. Most of the time, am I eating in a way that supports health in my body? Next check-in question. When I eat to celebrate or to remember, am I planning that or is it just unconscious? Put both of those questions on the scale of 1 to 10. I'll repeat them really quickly. 
Most of the time I'm eating in a way that supports health in my body, or and the second question, when I eat to celebrate or remember, am I planning that, or is it just unconscious? Put both of those questions on a scale of 1 to 10. Okay, a couple of ideas to bump up those eating numbers if they're not where you'd like them to be. Incremental change, don't forget that. All right, one thing you can do is make a list of healthy foods that nourish your body and that you like. (laughs) That's important. Give yourself the constraint that every shopping list must be 90% from that list. Okay, 90% of the things that the food that you buy at the grocery store should be from the healthy foods list. You could also use that list when you eat out and only order dishes that have foods from that list. Soon you won't have to carry the list with you. You'll have it in your head. But but this is just to give you a place to go so that you don't have to spend a lot of energy deciding. Another way you can leverage constraint to eat in a mostly healthy way is to plan the same healthy lunch every day or for several days of the week. This could happen with a healthy category like salad. Every day at lunch, you could have a salad, whether you're home or eating out. Or you could commit to three salad lunches a week. Another idea is you could just commit to the idea of two veggies at every meal. You need to find something that works for you, that you like, that feels a little bit like you're moving and changing directions in how you eat, but isn't so strict that you feel discouraged. As far as eating to celebrate or eating to remember, you could allow that to only happen when you've planned for it. And that was part of the question, if you'll remember, because unconscious eating isn't really honoring anything. If we're eating to celebrate and we have those special holiday foods that um, that just say Christmas or they just say Easter or they just say we have one for St. Patrick's Day. so. So those would be eating celebrations. And if they're planned, that's cool. All good. Then the other type of eating was eating to remember. You know how you make that one cake for birthdays that your grandmother used to make. And you remember her when you do that. So eating to remember and eating to celebrate is great. It's part of your culture. It's part of your story. But only do it when you plan to eat that way. All right. Are you noticing a pattern? (laughs) we can put some rules around our eating that align with our goals and bump up our numbers. What are your rules going to be? Okay, let's talk about exercise and here are our check-in questions. Do I feel functionally fit? Meaning, am I fit enough to do the physical tasks I want to do? Do I have the energy to do the things I want to do? Am I as fit as I want to be? And am I getting enough exercise to benefit from endorphins that come from getting my heart rate up? And you can use all of those questions. You can use just a couple of those questions, but whichever ones you use, put them on that scale of one to 10. Get your numbers. This is how we measure. What gets measured gets managed. All right. So remember, we're growing in awareness. We're not condemning ourselves. But here are a few ideas to bump up those numbers. Stand up more. In fact, I am practicing what I preach. I am recording this podcast standing up. I have rearranged my equipment so I can do that. Now, especially over the last 20 months when our commute has been from the bedroom to the dining room table, come on, stand up more. We have to be intentional about it. Another idea is to get support. Bump those numbers by getting some support. 
Who's going to be supporting you in this? You could join a gym. You could get a trainer. You could get a buddy to work out with or ask a neighbor to go for a walk with you. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it does have to be consistent. Another idea is put micro workouts in your day. I do this with a lot of my clients because we incorporate it into their morning routine and something I practice myself. Part of my morning routine is four minutes of stretching and movement. I actually do these little mini routines several times a day when I don't have time for a big chunk of time dedicated to working out. So I'll just have these little micro workouts, five minutes here, a few times a day. I mean, that adds up to some activity and some movement. Helps me bump my numbers. Remember, incremental change. One more thing that I would like you to consider doing around bumping your exercise numbers is to notice the energy you get after exercise. And this may sound obvious, but so many of us check our exercise time off of our to-do list and with just a moment of satisfaction, then we just jump into the next thing on the list. But I'm challenging you to notice for a little bit longer those lovely endorphins pumping through your system. Express a little gratitude for them and then pat yourself on the back. You did the work of exercise and now you're reaping those benefits. I hope working through these questions and choosing a couple of ideas to bump your self-care numbers benefits you in some unexpected ways this week. And I hope you'll share your journey with me as you work on being a self-leader in your self-care. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Until next time, take care. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found something to grab hold of and apply in your life. As always, any link or information mentioned in this episode can be found at bossyourselffirst.com in the podcast section. And if we haven't connected yet, and I would love to, DM me on Instagram at Boss Yourself First or come to the Boss Yourself First Facebook page and let me know how you're doing and what you think. I would really love to meet you. Thanks for being here and being you. Now get out there and lead with courage and kindness and boss yourself first and add your amazingness to the world. We sure need it. Talk to you soon, my friends.